0: To the Dinosaurs, the bare bones dinosaur edutainment podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Marshall.
1: And I'm your host, David Lindley. And today we're talking about the Archosaurs. Archosaur, the group of animals including crocodiles, birds, all extinct dinosaurs, and pterosaurs, from the Greek archon, meaning leader, and sora, meaning lizard.
0: Ooh, fancy lizards.
1: Now, this is the Dinosaurs Podcast. Correct. From the name, you might think that we're going to talk about dinosaurs. You might. We are. Yeah. We're going to talk about them a little bit this episode. We talked about them a little bit last episode. We Next episode is going to be heavy dinosaurs. Right. But, like, when people think about dinosaurs generally, what they're usually thinking of is like a dead animal that looks pretty cool, right?
0: <laughs> yes. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and
1: that's not really a scientific dis- definition, but I think it's actually a very important one mm. because that's what we care about. That's why I'm interested in dinosaurs paleontology is because many of these animals are really cool right so then why bother limiting it to dinosaurs when i could expand that scope a little bit and get a few other really neat things for free basically (laughs) so archosaurs is a useful group of animals that covers all the dinosaurs also pterosaurs with some crocodiles and their friends thrown in for good measure and the reason that i've gone for archosaurs rather than ava metarsalis which is the group of just dinosaurs and pterosaurs is because the crocodile-like ones can really help us understand a few things about the other groups and it sort of reinforces how related birds and crocodiles are Mm. and that will come up in the future a little bit as we start looking at dinosaurs and we're like okay they have scutes or scutes we don't really have scutes on birds much but we do on crocodiles so we can look at them for reference the other thing that makes me go for archosaurs is that basically all of the large animals in the Mesozoic are archosaurs. And rather than call it the age of reptiles, we can call it the age of archosaurs and be pretty much accurate with that. Also, giant crocodiles are pretty cool. So I like reading and talking about them.
0: <laughs> is they're really giant.
1: They're very giant. Is they're they're scary. They're oh, they're very, very spooky. spooky. <laughs> And a brief digression for some useful terminology. We'll talk about groups of animals a lot in this podcast. Uh, There's a Linnaean system of organizing animals into like kingdoms, classes, and orders, families, all that sort of stuff you may have heard about. That sort of thing can sort of fall down depending on how you construct the history of life. Because when it was initially established, Linnaeus was like, oh, we've got birds, we've got reptiles, and they're separate ones, so
0: that's fine. But there's like two separate like branches for those. And then you've got Hmm. a kingdom
1: nested under a different kingdom now. (laughs) Mm -mm. So we usually, don't talk about kingdoms, families, whatever. Mostly many paleontologists these days use the word clade.
0: Clade. A group of organisms sharing a common ancestor, representing a branch in the tree of life. From the Greek "klados," Or is it "clados"? One hmm, of those. It's Greek, Greek. Meaning branch.
1: <laughs> my computer does not think clade is a real word, nor does my spelling game, which constantly trips me up at this point. <laughs>
0: I had never heard it until today, so I think it's probably not well known outside of pale- paleontologists.
1: Pretty niche, yes. I'll grant you that, <laughs> but it is useful because it's basically just like group, group of animals, right? common ancestor, cool, we're done. So, there are three groups of animals, three clades, I will say, in archosaurs, and the first one we can talk about is dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs>
0: dinosaur, the clade defined by the most recent common ancestor of Triceratops and modern birds, from the Greek dinos, which means terrible or fearfully great, and sora, meaning lizard.
1: I think it's neat that it's Triceratops and uh, another thing.
0: Hmm, yeah.
1: Yeah, it really shows how distant Triceratops is from modern birds. Yeah. It's basically the most distant thing (laughs) that we could find (laughs) while still being a dinosaur. Yeah. It's sort of tough to talk about features that are common to all dinosaurs, because they're (laughs) as different as triceratops and modern birds, which are pretty different things. They're pretty different things. But there are a few things that we can talk about, because they started out bipedally, as we saw last episode with Eoraptor. (laughs) Biped, a creature that walks on two feet. Compare with quadruped, a creature that walks on four feet. From the Greek bi, for two, as in bicycle, and ped, for foot, as in the pedals on a bicycle. They hold their spines parallel to the ground for the most part. And that's an important thing because you often see in paleo art these kangaroo-posed <laughs> tyrannosaurs and other Always animals. very kangaroo-y. Yeah. And they're dragging their tails on the ground and we know now that that's just not the case. It is for some few dinosaurs they'll stand up a little bit more, like Therizinosaurus is one that's going to stand up quite a bit and various Brachiosaurs will stand up a little bit on even on four legs. But generally when we're talking about dinosaur spines parallel to the ground. Tail is held off the ground and is there to balance the creature. Right. Because they walk on two feet. So you need something to balance that out. It's pretty hard to walk on two feet it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. We're good at it. We're great at it. We actually walk on two feet a lot differently from dinosaurs which is going to be in a future episode. Because we've got like way different muscles and we lack a tail. Also our (laughs) spines are not parallel to the ground.
0: (laughs) All things I'm learning about humans. Right?
1: (laughs) Dinosaurs had feathers a lot of them. Not all of them. And there's been some rather wild swings in paleontology and paleo art because initially it was like no dinosaurs have feathers they're all just these giant lizards and then we were like Archaeopteryx has feathers but that was probably a transitionary thing that wasn't either a bird or a dinosaur and then we were like oh a lot of dinosaurs had feathers let's put feathers on every dinosaur and no. (laughs) A useful upper limit is, like, two and a half tons. If a creature is bigger than that, more heavier or heavier than that, they almost certainly didn't have feathers. Mm. It's useful for thermoregulation, and big animals mostly care about getting rid of heat, not, like, keeping, keeping heat, the heat in. Right. Yeah. So they are likely to lose their feathers as they get bigger. And there's a whole, the Triceratops side of the family tree is less <laughs> likely to have feathers, but... They also have, they've got like proto feathers sometimes and we'll get some interesting examples of those.
0: I just pictured a big feathery triceratops and I hate it.
1: I've got a great picture of them. (laughs) Because there's a paleo artist, Mark Witten, I'll talk about him quite a bit through this entire series, but he put out puts out a lot of paleo art in general, and there's a really good, although not accurate, <laughs> by his own admission, probably, uh, scene where it's a bunch of arctic triceratops.
0: Okay. And they're so cute because no. they're fluffy
1: to stay warm in oh, the snow. That is cute. It's very cute.
0: Like, what are they eating in the arctic?
1: Uh, roots. <laughs> I don't really know what's up in the Arctic. Nothing.
0: Snow. <laughs>
1: Maybe they eat that. That's not <laughs> a food. <laughs> they could actually chomp through pretty big plants, yeah, as we saw last episode. We did. So they would go after saplings and just eat those whole.
0: <laughs> Poor sapling, it's doing its best in the Arctic. <laughs> some Triceratops comes along.
1: Look, some plant-eating dinosaurs are spooky in their own right. If you're uh, a plant,
0: that's true. Maybe I need to rethink my definitions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hollow bones is also a thing that we should talk about for dinosaurs Mm. because hollow is not exactly the right word but sure birds right now have very hollow bones so they have a lot of air sacs in their bones. Gotta fly. They gotta fly but it turns out this is a more basal trait like an earlier trait Mm. that was probably linked to managing heat because animals care a lot about exactly how warm they are (laughs) especially when they're possibly mesotherms Mm. that have to deal with all of this temperature stuff so so hollow bones evolve first as a thermoregulation thing and then secondarily it's like, Oh my bones are light, I can
0: fly I think it starts as like, Look how high I can jump <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, wait a minute. I just flap around a bit. I stay up here.
1: <laughs> Almost certainly, yes. <laughs> But feathers, actually, same thing. Like feathers, we think of as enabling flight, and they do. But proto-feathers, which are different in how they're built, they're thermoregulation, and they're also like, hey, I'm a, a mature adult, come <laughs> mate with me because I've got shiny feathers. Oh, they're so colorful. And that's actually another thing that's very widespread about dinosaurs is ostentatious ornamentation. <laughs> so they've got like frills, they've got crests, they've got spikes, they've got a bunch of stuff that identifies them as like, hey, I'm really cool you should come mate with me
0: I would say birds are very still like that very much so yeah i have to say that bird mating dances are one of my favorite things oh yes <laughs> and i like to imagine dinosaurs had something similar likely yeah <laughs> probably some of them did crazy rituals t-rex <laughs>
1: Ooh. it would have been crazy to see <laughs> all right so that's dinosaurs for now any questions there no we so we sort of know dinosaurs yeah right?
0: i know dinosaurs i've been on one episode of this podcast so
1: next up is pterosaurs <laughs> pterosaur, a clade defined by a single anatomical feature, an extended fourth finger that supports a wing membrane. From the Greek, pteron, meaning wing, as in helicopter, (laughs) etymology of which is helico for helix, so circular, and pter, for wing.
0: Oh no. Because
1: it's a spinning wing. Go
0: pter. I don't like it.
1: (laughs) And sora, meaning lizard. Now, most people will call these pterodactyls, and this episode is going to be heavy with the, well, actually...
0: Oh, good I'm that's kind of what i that. want
1: to do archosaurs rather than just dinosaurs because right. pterosaurs are useful they are pretty closely related to dinosaurs mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things and they're cool they're these really weird creatures that fly but do not look like they should be able to fly because mm-hmm. most of them you looked up quetzalcoatlus i sure did it's, it's a got big a guy long head <laughs> neck. long neck
0: Jeez, and you're like what's this guy doing flying right
1: <laughs> it doesn't it just like fall forward onto its beak <laughs> Isn't that a thing that happens?
0: Just immediately, and it's very embarrassing. But then, like everyone pretends they didn't see it happen.
1: Now you may think that pterosaurs have normal wings. Oh, Hmm. how wrong you are! I would be very wrong. (laughs) So we know sort of what bird wings look like, although we mostly see them with feathers. Mm. But they're mostly like stubby little things with weird hands that are mostly just points, right? And they come out the side of the bird. Bat wings, we know a little bit more about because they're not so like just generally. I mean, we the public, right? They're not so covered up. Yeah, Batman. Ha <laughs> You can picture Batman, but also if you ever looked at a bat's wing, you see that it's basically a human hand. Right, that just like, With some really long, stuff. weird fingers. And
0: like stuff in between the fingers. Yeah, webbing
1: yeah. in between the fingers. So you've got a sort of normal length index finger. The middle finger goes out and is touching the far tip, or the far edge of the wing. Mm. The ring finger, or sorry, the middle finger is curving down and is defining the uh, outer edge of the wing. And then the ring and pinkies are pointed downwards, basically. Mm. So you see them providing structure for the wing. Pterosaurs said, nope. Well, actually, bats hadn't evolved by then, yes. so they Pterosaurs had, to, first. They had yeah. to figure it out by themselves. <laughs> and so what they did was they were like, well, my fourth finger is pretty long. Yeah. So they just made it really long. Mm. Like half of their arm is just the fourth finger. It's gross. It is gross, <laughs> but it's pretty useful when you want to like fold up your wing, right? Because you just tuck your ring finger into your palm.
0: Oh, and then the wings, that was most of it. And then you just sort of
1: tromp along on four legs. Right. Difference between dinosaurs and pterosaurs, pterosaurs go around on four feet, whereas dinosaurs go around on two, generally. So that's pretty cool. Their hands and feet are still pretty different because they probably came so- from something that was two-legged. Mm. But, yeah, you know, they are mostly going around on four now. They're pretty good on land, probably, and yep. likely ate things by just sort of walking around and scooping them up.
0: Well, you got a big face. Yeah. just chomp things. Yeah,
1: big face. <laughs> like, a third or more of their head is their head... Or, sorry, a third or more of their body is their head.
0: And it's mostly a beak. And, like, we
1: had... Frill on Triceratops, and you're like, oh, a third of the body, it's crazy. This is no frill. No. This is just head. (laughs) Their heads are gigantic. They look like they shouldn't be able to fly. (laughs) Which is all the more credit to any paleontologists or paleo artists that restore them looking like flying is reasonable for them. Right. Because just from the skeleton, you're like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah,
0: and you're like, how am I going to draw this so anyone believes that it could be airborne in any way? It's very
1: difficult. (laughs) We tend to see pterosaurs as like a mashup of rhamphorhynchid and Pteranodon features. So you'll often see like, well, bat wings on them, which is wrong. Fourth finger. But then the usual crest where you've got like a crest coming out the Mm. back of the head and then this really long tail with like a club at the end. Mm. Those are two different lineages. Don't mix the two, generally. And the crest thing that comes out the back of the head, all the Pteranodon line had these huge crests they got <laughs> ridiculous like very silly <laughs> and again it's like the triceratops brill they're like hey i'm mature come mate with me and i've it, got
0: this big crest yeah everyone is like it is a big crest they keep picking big crest and then it just gets bigger yeah yeah
1: but you've got to imagine in a windstorm some of these things are just falling over yeah
0: yeah so that's what stops the crest from getting any bigger the- there's some upper limit where it's actually detrimental <laughs>
1: I think they've passed that. I think a lot of them have passed that because it just goes really nuts hollow bones deserve a shout because they are mostly in the necks of dinosaurs, but they're everywhere in pterosaurs. Again, starts mm. out as thermoregulation, but basically all pterosaurs are flying pterosaurs, so they all need hollow bones so that they're lighter. And they don't have feathers, but they do have what's called pinko fibers, mm. which are similar to feathers. They're proto-feathers basically, and those are mostly for thermoregulation, but they're covering a lot of the body. Right. There's also a brief shout-out that's necessary for how pterosaurs take off, yeah. because we don't know us super much about it. We have a set of trackways of a pterosaur landing, which is cool. Mm. But how they took off, we're pretty sure that it's like a bat and not like a bird. Because birds sorta jump. They use their legs and they're like, huh and then they're they're, in the air. They fly. Got (laughs) a flap. Yeah. And some birds, you know, loons or something, ducks will take off along the water. A lot of birds just sort of jump and they're going, <laughs> but if you've got all this energy invested in having big flight muscles on your arms, pterosaurs just take off by mostly pushing off from the ground with their arms. Yeah. And then starting to flap.
0: Which is kind of the same thing. It's just using your four limbs instead of your two. Yeah. Because your limbs are useful for that. So why wouldn't you do it, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And that's pterosaurs. That's pterosaurs. They are nifty and boy, do they look wacky. So wacky. I would highly recommend. There's a bunch of different pterosaurs that you can see. And Mark Whitten's done a ton of illustrations of different kinds, and poof, they are silly-looking. <laughs> Next up is Pseudosuchians. Ooh.
0: Pseudosuchian. The clade consisting of all archosaurs more closely related to modern crocodiles than birds. From the Greek pseudes, meaning false, and soukos, meaning crocodile, giving the name false crocodile. This despite the fact that modern crocodiles are, in fact, Pseudosuchians. Brief side note, the IAN suffix at the end of pseudosuchian is a Latin word form, more evidence that paleontology and etymology rarely overlap.
1: <laughs> so these are the crocodiles, but just saying like crocodiles doesn't really do them justice. For some, it very much does. Mm. For some, it's like, yep, that's a crocodile. <laughs> But it's bigger. It's slightly bigger or slightly smaller. That's it's a crocodile. It's yeah. a crocodile. <laughs> Some of them, though, are, they're going two-legged. No. They are running around with their legs directly below them, because we think of crocodiles and they've got their legs <laughs> splayed out to the sides. Right. And it's actually interesting, I learned about a thing that they do called high walking. Mm. So modern crocodiles walk on all fours and sometimes they walk in a low walk where their legs are splayed out to the sides and their elbows are bent at like 90 degrees. Okay. But sometimes they just get up on all fours and have their legs straight down underneath them and they can go pretty quick. That's really scary. It's really scary. I don't like yeah. anything
0: about that. Oh, no,
1: right? But probably it's a basal archosaur trait. So mm. something that was in one of the very early archosaurs and because the crocodilians split off before the pterosaurs split off. Mm. Yep. So the way that they walk bipedally or with their legs directly under them is actually fairly different. It's like hip stuff so I don't have a great grasp on what exactly makes it different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, a joint that's done in one way or the hip curving over in the case of crocodilians. Right. But the way that they arrange their legs to go straight down is different from dinosaurs, and Mm. from pterosaurs, actually. But they can still do it, and they can still push themselves up, so you've got a lot of these, like, two-legged crocodiles just running around with their legs directly beneath them. That's cool. And we think of crocodiles as generally eating meat, or always, really, now. There are some that just go full herbivore. They're like plants. Plants are delicious. And they end up looking pretty weird and getting a bunch of big, like, plates on their back basically right yeah. hmm. so pseudosuchians they look a lot like dinosaurs and so when a person says oh look a dinosaur it's not like good chance it's a pseudosuchian but decent chance
0: could be yeah and then that's when you get your well, well, well actually, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly but they're still cool because they look like giant crocodiles that <laughs> you know eat a bunch of different stuff and are very scary
0: the two-legged running is more disturbing to me even than the four-legged running. Yeah. Something about two legs and just motoring along. I don't yep. like it.
1: Nope. No. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that is today's lesson. There we go. And now we're on to Woo! Creature feature.
0: Creature feature.
1: Featured creatures. Featured
0: creatures.
1: There we go. We know the name of our own segment. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Michaela, you've prepared a little something.
0: I have.
1: Why don't you tell us about that? I'm
0: going to tell you about Quetzalcoatlus northropi. Quetzalcoatlus northropi, an extinct giant pterosaur, one of the largest flying creatures ever. The genus name is from Quetzalcoatl, an Aztec god. The species name is fun. It's named after the Northrop Corporation, which made an airplane that doesn't have a tail, which sort of resembles a flying Quetzalcoatlus.
1: It's just so bizarre. It's
0: so bizarre. Just like the two things they're mixing together? (laughs) He's pretty cool.
1: Yes? pterosaur.
0: Terasaur. So, in my initial... Looking up this dinosaur, i had never heard of Quetzalcoatlus before, so that was fun for me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, triceratops, obviously. Yeah. Everyone knows what a triceratops is. So, some of the articles that were written about this this pterosaur had these very, I mean, they're clickbaity titles. And, like, I get that, mm. but it really gave me a very different initial <laughs> idea about what this pterosaur was all about. So, one of them, I'm going to just read you the titles because they were, <laughs> it was a lot. The 16-foot-tall reptilian stork that delivered death. Death instead of babies. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one. And then there was another was the evil pinheaded toothy nightmare monster that wants to eat your soul. It doesn't have teeth. Right. And so here's here's the thing. So that second one, the whole point of that article was that there used to be a lot of misinformation about Quetzalcoatlus because there was this illustration oh. that was uh, I think it was from the maybe 70s. Basically there was this illustration by Richard Orr that was that depicted Quetzalcoatlus as this like satanic creature with like leathery skin. The illustration is actually pretty interesting. It's very orange and red mm. and it's a group of Quetzalcoatlus ripping into Oh yeah this yeah the carcass, carcass or essentially and yeah i mean they have teeth in that one <laughs> so all of it is very wrong yeah And, but it's that kind of thing, it's like a it becomes this paleo art meme where everyone sees this and they're like, that's what that is. And for quite a while (laughs) there, it was responsible or people think it was responsible for spreading misinformation about this pterosaur. Seems likely. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I I went into this and I'm just like, this is, this guy's spooky, you know, he's scary. And then I quickly learned that was not the case.
1: He's sort of spooky.
0: He's spooky, but for different reasons, I suppose. Right. So as you already sort of mentioned, you know, it's this giant giraffe. Giraffe-sized... Again, stork is kind of a good thing to think of yeah. from the face perspective. Absolutely it is. But yeah, if you put a stork on a giraffe... Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty much that. And then
1: made the head huge. And made
0: the head really big. Really big. (laughs) And kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Because it's got those... Pinko fibers. Pinko fibers. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, it is sort of giraffe-y even in the sense that it's walking around kind of on four limbs all the time on its wings. But instead of having an old giraffe face, it's just this long stork face. (laughs) Yeah. So spooky, but not satanic levels of spooky, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and so we talked a little bit there about where the name comes from. And just this mixing of this Aztec god of wind and wisdom. Yep. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With yeah A the, guy who makes planes. A guy who makes planes is such a strange <laughs> thing to do. Isn't it though? So strange. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, anyways, these things were very big. Mm-hmm. Uh like ten feet, twenty feet tall, and wingspans of thirty-six feet. That's a that's a big <laughs> flying animal big fella <laughs> big fella and of course you're gonna weigh a lot at that point. 500, Although, 500 250 pounds, two hundred fifty kilograms yeah yeah i mean there were there, there seemed to be from what i could tell anyways a lot of back and forth people saying there's a
1: lot of back and forth about how much it <laughs> they weigh
0: this much no they weighed this much they couldn't fly if they weighed that much yep. <laughs> that kind of thing
1: very much so yeah so that's
0: always fun First discovered in 1971 by Douglas A. Lawson in Texas. Mm -hmm. Found just a part of a wing, I think, fossil.
1: I thought it was a femur, but yeah. Oh, maybe it was
0: a femur. Uh, And then they found some more fossil fragments a couple years later, Mm -hmm. him and his, um, I guess the professor that he was working under because he was a graduate student. Yep. And then they were the ones that came up with this name as well, which is good for them.
1: We still don't fully know what the back of the head looks like. We usually reconstruct it with a crest, but Mm. a fairly small crest for for pterosaurs because they got wacky. (laughs) This one was less wacky because it's so big, I guess. But yeah, still crest.
0: Yeah. And I mean as you said, it doesn't seem like it should be able to fly. Right? But people are pretty sure that it can.
1: <laughs> like, I saw estimates of up to 170 kilometers per hour Which from one crazy. of the papers. For
0: like seven to ten days. Yeah. <laughs> And then we're traveling 15,000 kilometers without stopping, I
1: think? So we're not sure how many of the large pterosaurs that we found mm-hmm. are just Quetzalcoatlus because it could go literally Everywhere. anywhere on the planet yeah. pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. That's so fast. <laughs> That's so fast! <laughs> like I said, it's so big and it's so powerful that, yeah, it can fly really fast. Really
1: fast Which and really crazy. far. I'll just note that it's a type of pterosaur called an Asdarkid.
0: asdarkid a group of pterosaurs with long legs and very long necks, common in the late Cretaceous. Many of the largest pterosaurs to ever live were Adzarchids. From the Persian Adzar, which is a dragon-like mythological creature. <laughs> so silly.
1: <laughs> and they are really big. So, yeah. And yes, it was probably the largest land animal, or the largest animal to ever fly.
0: Right, because nothing's competing with that. Like, imagine a giraffe flying. It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should. <laughs> oh it really doesn't yeah so and as, as we were saying before as well probably eating things on the ground just, just poking his head down picking yep. things up and something like something that can fly you would sometimes think maybe it's gonna be like a skimming feeder and but like that doesn't make sense when you look at the mechanics of its head and its neck being able to do that
1: so it's interesting that you bring up skim feeding because this is one of the things that really got me back into being interested in dinosaurs and archosaurs mm. and that was an article that Mark Witten wrote about whether or not giant pterosaurs or pterosaurs in general would skim feed. And this is the practice of flying along the water and dipping your head in, grabbing a fish, and continuing along your merry way. Basically nothing does this. And the (sighs) fact that we can picture it so well is really weird. It
0: is weird. Because
1: think about just like you're flying along let's say, a hundred kilometers an hour. So fast. You know? <laughs> and you just, you open your beak a little bit <laughs> and you just dip it into the water. That sounds terrible. It sounds like you're going to lose a beak. Yeah. Which is, yeah, what would have happened Which if is why they they're this. definitely not doing this. Basically nothing is doing this. There's one or two types of birds that skim feed and they are so very specialized to be able to D- not yeah. literally break their faces.
0: And so, I mean, was the conclusion there that it is... Sort of another meme where some one person gets this idea that yep. maybe this is what they did, and, and now then it that just, just won't becomes mm, yeah, yeah, and and because many of the things that I was reading are like we used to think that th- there was skim feeding going on here, but now we're pretty sure there's not.
1: It's insane. How did <gasps> you ever think it? <laughs> <laughs> it's going so fast. So fast. <gasps> Yeah, that's Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah,
0: I have I have my um, In Popular Culture Ooh, section. Nice. So there are a lot of episodes of different dinosaur shows, documentaries that feature Quetzalcoatlus. They're mostly pretty wrong, what they say, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they, they're they from, you know, a little bit ago, before people had made some different conclusions, different ideas, and so. And this
1: is kind of cool to me that we're living in an age where discoveries like this are being made in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, dinosaur research is going pretty far pretty recently. Yeah. Sorry, continue.
0: There are video games that have, I mean, dinosaur video games, so Jurassic Park games on the Ark video game. Mm -hmm. There's also The Land Before Time 7. The Stone of Cold Fire, which briefly features Quetzalcoatlus, who shows up at the end of the movie to save the main characters from, and I didn't make this up, an erupting volcano.
1: Wait, they took Lord of the Rings and they (laughs) did it in a land before time? Correct. They're the eagles.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's so (laughs) ridiculous. Now, when did this movie come out? That's a good question. Maybe Lord of the Rings stole it.
1: (laughs) No, the plot point was in the books.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, actually, the plot point existed in the books many years before Land Before Time was even conceptualized. That's good. Ooh, this one is from
0: the year 2000. It's fun. I don't actually know how many Land Before Time movies there are, but there are so many that I suspect that there will be many of the dinosaurs and pterosaurs we discuss in these movies.
1: If only briefly. If
0: only briefly.
1: (laughs) That is wacky as heck. Michaela, what sort of voice do you think Quetzalcoatlus had?
0: Well, so at first, when I was, you know, taken into this idea that it was like this demonic, giant, mm-hmm. long-faced, chompy guy, I was really going to go in sort of like a like a very scary direction. I'm Ketuko Atlas. But that's wrong. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. And uh, it's tough because it's so big, but I still feel like it's so silly.
1: It's, <laughs> yeah, very silly looking.
0: And it's just got this stork face and stork seems silly to me. <laughs> So then I want to do this face. (laughs) This voice. Hello, I'm Hetzel Oh, is there a a vertebrate on the ground? Guess I'm going to eat it.
1: (laughs) I don't bring babies.
0: (laughs) I deliver (laughs) death.
1: Perfect. All right. I've got a quick archosaur for us this week. Mm. It is the Dinosuchus. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Dinosuchus Hatcheri, an extinct giant pseudosuchian, resembling an enormous modern crocodile. The genus name comes from the Greek dinos, meaning terrible, and sucos, meaning crocodile. The species name, Hatcheri, was given in honor of John Bell Hatcher, a semi-famous paleontologist from the late 1800s to early 1900s. By that I mean that he's famous in the right circles, and this is almost certainly not the last Hatcheri species we will run into. So this is a late Cretaceous, so pretty... has a, It's had a long time to get big crocodile. Mm. Doing research for this episode made me really scared of modern crocodiles.
0: <laughs> They're scary.
1: Because I saw a picture of Dinosuchus hatcheri or Rio Grandensis. There's very little information on exactly what it should be called. Anyway, <laughs> found a picture of this in a Mark Witten book. Uh, yeah, broken record over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's terrifying. In fact, I'm oh. going to show it to you right now. Okay, good.
0: Oh, no. Oh, it's very big.
1: It's so big. it's so big. It's so big, and it it looks like Godzilla. It does, This picture makes it look like Godzilla. It's in a river. Its tail and head can be seen, and they are improbably far apart. They're so far apart
0: and they're just so large
1: so as much as i said like oh pseudosukins are so cool they're not just giant crocodiles this is a giant crocodile very large 10 meter crocodile which Mm -mm. is the size of an american school bus Mm -mm -mm. nope nope (laughs) the skull is about a meter and a half long and as a person that's about two meters tall
0: right
1: i don't like those odds
0: am i a meter and a half do you think
1: you're over it a meter and a half is a pretty short for an adult human okay
0: but still still Almost a meve skull. Nope.
1: Nope. No. So this thing's terrifying. May have eaten dinosaurs. Mm. Mostly ate sea turtles. Oh. And we've actually got a bunch of sea turtle shells that bear bite marks that have then healed. So it wasn't, it was good at eating sea turtles, but some of them escaped.
0: Of all the things to try to bite, I don't know that I would pick turtle.
1: That is because you have jaws that are very poorly adapted <laughs> to for turtle crushing. Turtle biting? I guess. Crushing. Dinosuchus has great <laughs> crushing jaws. The force out of these things is bonkers. Although actually as you get bigger, you sort of get less proportional bite strength right because there have actually been some studies done about like what is the bite strength of this thing could it death roll with a dinosaur could it just like latch (laughs) onto it and roll its body injuring said dinosaur quite a bit probably no Hmm. which is sea turtles you know but yeah I was looking into this I found 10 meter up to 12 meter length estimates for dinosuchus huge thing and turns out modern crocodiles can get up to about six and a half meters which is still much larger than I'm comfortable with
0: that's too many
1: it's too many meters is
0: that, is that three of you it's
1: three of me that's
0: too many meters where are these crocodiles
1: hopefully far away from canada
0: i think probably but probably still closer than i'd
1: like <laughs> a mere plane ride away <laughs> we're just waiting for the day when a crocodile learns how to hop on a plane uh, and come into canada And they take over the world i take think over yeah. the world i've got one story about dinosuchus which i really like and it's pretty often repeated, but it's from the paper in which this was initially described. It's found by a guy named John Bell Hatcher in 1903, but it's described six years later by a guy named Holland. So this is actually after Hatcher has died, and part of the reason it's named after Hatcher is to honor him. Okay. Because he had passed away from typhoid fever. Oh, dear. Early 1900s. Oh, right. yeah. That's how they is... do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Hatcher discovers this thing. He's like, hey, I've got some scales, basically, and some bone fragments. I'm going to take these home with me. I'm going to let other people check out this formation, see what else they can find. They find a bunch more bones. They're like, awesome. These are cool. Here's some skull fragments. They send those off to Hatcher. Hatcher takes one look at them, and this is a direct quote. Uh, Upon figuring out that the animal was crocodile-like, Hatcher, quote, immediately lost interest in the material. And that is a quote from the paper in 1909. Wow. Like, he found out it wasn't a dinosaur, and he was like, dumb. Dumb. Because they were looking for dinosaurs, and they didn't really appreciate that this was a Cretaceous Pseudosuchian, which has other implications.
0: Right. But also
1: it's just less cool than dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, you're like, I already know about things like this,
1: I don't need to know more. I just, I love it so much (laughs) because it's so, so very modern and mimetic Mm -hmm. in, yeah, not a dinosaur means that it's not cool.
0: Right? He probably just, like, chucked it in the garbage (laughs) at that point.
1: (laughs) So, the voice is watery. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's trying to latch onto a sea turtle that is trying oh, to get away. Oh, good. I love it. Right? So, uh, <laughs> do I get water in my mouth to do this? I've,
0: uh, I mean, you try both ways, I think.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Don't do that. Come back, here. come back, here, sea turtle!
0: And the sea turtles just like, I'll get away
1: from you. Basically, are sea
0: turtles still slow? I guess they're probably pretty fast if they're when they're in the sea.
1: I'm just picturing Crush from Finding Nemo.
0: Yeah, he's pretty fast. Yeah, he's fast. Well, I mean, he's in like a stream thing though. East
1: Australian current.
0: Current. That's more the right EAC. word.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's all we have for this episode. <laughs> Primarily about sea turtles.
0: Apparently. <laughs>
1: Next episode, we will be talking about dinosaurs and specifically their hips because that's how we classify dinosaurs.
0: By their hips. By their hips. Hmm.
1: Also, next episode is going to be me being very mad at naming. Because if you thought I was mad about the fact that they're mixing Greek and Latin, <laughs> oh boy. They get into some wacky things.
0: Yeah, you could be a lot more mad. I
1: could be a lot more mad about this. But and I will Fun mad. Fun mad. Fun mad. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, our listeners can always reach out. We've got the email dinosaurspodcast at gmail.com, and we're also at dinosaurspodcast on Twitter. Ooh, yeah. look at us go. Look at us go. <laughs> this is my first foray into Twitter, and I basically just went to all the paleontologists I know about and followed them. And now my feed is great, although the advertising model does not know what to do with me oh it's like do you want beauty supplies and i'm like no i want dinosaurs <laughs> it's like you want a vpn i'm like no i want dinosaurs
0: it's like i don't have dinosaurs to offer you yeah it
1: doesn't have many dinosaur no. things hmm.
0: is it gonna just determine that you're old do you think i don't know that's not necessarily i don't know <laughs> i'm as confused as the twitter algorithm yeah
1: <laughs> until next time Vista.